Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Some suit from God knows what department has pulled you from your regular assignment to be a courier for a state's evidence package. They pulled rank and your boss is spooked. It's hush hush. What's weird is that they gave you the address to a biomedical storage company and a note, cylinder, do not open. On the back are what you figure must be GPS coordinates. What the hell is this? Join Agent Mikhaila Rumanov, played by Yurine and Adam as the handler in Third Man Factor, a Delta Green scenario created by William Shar. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. There you can find up-to-date news and a link to our Discord. If you would like to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So you continue driving. There's this pop song playing in the background. And Shackleton is kind of tucked down in this back seat, cautiously looking out at this car that's driving kind of almost alongside you at this point. And you feel your nerves starting to ramp up as this car is pulling up to the, to the side of you almost. And as you feel this tension, both of, the, of this unknown entity in the back and this mysterious car that's getting close to you, why don't you give me a drive check? Okay. Yes, that's a 44 out of 50. A 44 is actually a critical success. So... You manage to keep your cool. If you want to narrate like how you get yourself away from this car or how you get yourself closer to this car, basically I say that like with a critical success, you can describe to me like what you like want to do in this situation and that that flies. Okay. So I because of of the time of day, the road is not as crowded as it was only a couple hours ago. So Michaela feels free to just let go of the gas and falls back a major distance from this car to finally, finally be 100% sure that this car is actually following her. She's going to drive slower instead of faster. So you basically trick out this, this car and it, it like, you see, when you, when you slow your speed, you see this unsureness and it, it, it immediately tips off to you that this car was in fact following you. And it's like, it's almost like this, this uh, clear revelation that you have as soon as the, as soon as your car holds back a little bit and you see this other car try to hold back, but it's not able to because of like a different car that's behind it. And you just see this, this moment of just unsureness as it, changes lanes and then just peels off like burning rubber. And Shackleton just says, you see, I told you. Nice move. That's great driving, Agent. Thanks. Um, that brings me to having time to discuss a couple things with you. Shackleton, I can't help but notice that you weren't there only a couple hours ago. Something is telling me you were. Something is telling me you weren't. Start explaining, please. Look, I I haven't been much of anywhere. Why don't we just stick to the mission, okay? It'll be better for both of us. Michaela is 
debating with herself whether she wants this. But in the end, she is going to grunt. She's not going to gently say, but she's like, fine. If you want it that way, fine. Don't glitch in and out anymore. It's 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 creepy. And you see, he smiles, and then his smile just kind of turns to like this sad frown. And he just nods and he looks out the window again. He's looking a little bit less casual. He's not really kind of looking out the window and daydreaming anymore. He's more so just on the lookout at this point. He's bringing this very paranoid energy to the car, and you can't help but feel wrapped up in it as well. Your head is racing with questions about who could possibly be in that car. How do they know about you, and what could they possibly want? Yeah, not only that, there is also still this paranoid dude in the back of her car. She can't, she can't keep from thinking about the paranoia that Frank was was portraying. And actually, she's both getting paranoid as well as getting really, really angry at nobody explaining to her what the hell is going on, why everybody is, seems to be behind her and after her. For some sort of tube. Why is there this person? Why won't he tell her anything? There's a lot of whys and it's just making her very, very angry. We have to make sure that car doesn't follow us to the location. They'll kill us to get that box. They'll kill you to get that box. Do we still see the car? Is it in front of us at the moment? It's sped off and it's seemingly sped ahead of you and out of sight changing lanes to just get farther and farther ahead at this point. You definitely would have seen the license plate as it went, but it probably would have been going so fast that it's not really, wouldn't have been enough time to really take account of it or anything like that, especially while driving. But the car has disappeared from sight. Nothing to worry about now. I don't see the car now, so I don't have to worry about it now. And if we really are scared about this, we can always take a detour when we're closer to the point that I need to deliver the box. We can go off the road or off the highway and go through the little roads to get there. We'll be fine. I don't see the car now. Okay. I'm trusting you, Agent. We can take a detour. And a moment after Shackleton says that, your cell phone begins to ring. And you see that it's Frank from accounting. I pick up. Frank. Hey, Mick. Uh, it's Frank. Uh, I just wanted to see see how the trip was going. Uh, is everything still going according to plan? You're still going to drop off the box, right? I am dropping off the box, Frank. I am dropping up, off the box. Why did the box come with an extra passenger? What are you talking about? Are you going to tell me you didn't know what was in the box before you gave it to me? Mick, it's just a tube in there i don't know what's in there it's they told me it was important what are you talking about passengers is there somebody in the car with you right now mick looks over at shackleton once more sort of maybe i'm not sure yet anyway so far so good we just encountered another car that was sort of following us but i i shook him off and now there's just empty road in front of us Wait, what? You're being followed? Is there somebody with you? If there's somebody in the car, you should you should pull over now. And you see Shackleton is like 
Shackleton is just still sitting in the back seat, just looking at you on this phone call. And Frank's voice on the on the receiver of this cell phone is definitely loud enough to where Shackleton can probably hear everything that he's saying, but his expression is still completely unchanged. He's just looking at you very solemnly. You asked me to drop off a package. I'm dropping off a package. Yes, I was followed. No, they're not following me anymore. Yes, I'm safe. Thank you for asking. Can you can you run a name through the system for me? Yeah, any anything. Whatever you want. Does the name Shackleton ring a bell to you? To me? No, but I'll I'll look into it. I'll I'll find out for you. Well, what is this about? Let's call it a hunch. Frank hangs up the phone and Shackleton is looking at you somewhat disappointed. Look, Mick was it? Why why do you have to push this? Let's just let's just carry out the mission. Trust me, you you don't want to go down this road. Why not? What's down this road? Please don't make me do it. Make you do what? Can you give me a sanity check? You feel this strange sensation. You feel like your mind is being bombarded and you feel like memories of this person are melding with your consciousness. You feel these very real memories of Shackleton just overriding this knowledge that what you see before you is not real and not natural. And you just feel like this your your body and your mind's sense of security just trying to override these feelings of just he can't possibly be real and he can't possibly be here as you just start to remember oh shackleton oh yeah no it's it's right it makes sense but upon analyzing these thoughts deeper you are no they they can't make sense like he's doing something to me He's trying to he's trying to change my memories. He's trying to make it so I feel like I've always remembered him. And you feel this weird this weird feeling of your of your mind being invaded, of your thoughts being intruded on. And what was the result of your sanity test? A 39 out of 50. 55 oh, nice. actually. 39 out of 55. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you you feel this very strange feeling that I just described, but you feel yourself kind of bounce back and you're able to rationalize it again. And you're able to, you feel, you feel that you're still there. You feel like this hasn't taken anything away from you. You're, you're okay, but you feel kind of shaken by what just happened. And you look and Shackleton has this very upset look on his face. Like he's about to cry possibly. Look, Please help me. Just bring the box to the locker. Don't let them get me. Get get you. I I thought they weren't supposed to get the tube. And I wish you would have a little more faith in me. Have I done anything so far to indicate that I'm not going to give to to store that box in the shed that is going to go to? What what did I do while asking that question to Shackleton? She's actually asking herself the same question. What did she say yes to exactly? The two of you drive on 
he he seems to Shackleton. He seems to stay in sight. He he doesn't disappear or change positions or anything like that. He's just sitting in the in the back seat of the car. And the more that time passes, the more at ease you feel about his presence. The more he starts to just feel like a person that's in the back seat. And you still know everything that you know about the situation that hasn't, you know, that's not, that's not lost from you. You still know that this person just appeared in this car during the drive and you're still trying to make sense of that, but you are starting to feel like less on edge as you and Shackleton drive through the night. And it's very cool at this point, the sun has gone down, the, it's no longer very hot. It's still warm enough to where like the windows are probably down a little bit and you're just like feeling the breeze. And this pop music is just playing in the background, kind of at like a low volume. And you feel like wide awake right now as you drive down this stretch of highway and the minutes begin to pass. You're well into your drive at this point. It's 1030 at night and the location is starting to just feel like it's within within your your reach. Well, Shackleton seems like we're almost there. Um, I have a proposal. What if I keep my promise? I of course I drop off the box and I'm going to take the detour. So we're going to stick to the highway for another half hour or so, and then the final stretch will go through like off the highway and grow over little like smaller roads and stuff. How does it sound to you? I think that's the smartest move agent. We'll keep our wits about us. It's hard to tell who else could be out there. They may not be the only ones after the box. So you're telling me there's even more people after this box? Do they also know where this box is going to? Let's hope not. I'm not really sure what we can do if if they know where it is. Do you have a firearm? Yeah, just the standard stuff. Uh, I didn't know I had to come completely armored armored up and and ready to shoot someone. Honestly, it's it's been a while since I've been out. Well, just keep it handy because you never know. And I think her hand just goes to wherever wherever she has her her, uh, her gun semi consciously to just check. Oh yeah, yeah, it's still there. It's there. We'll be fine. I I've trained for this. I, I can do this. The two of you pass state lines into Nevada. It's similar climate from where you just were. You drive through like a more desert kind of terrain, like the the trees from the earlier part of your drive have all since kind of faded away. And this different scenery is around you now, just plains and in, in somewhat of a desert atmosphere on both sides. And you guys drive into the night and in the back seat, you can still see Shackleton's face. His face is very dark, but... Some of the uh, light from the passing cars will occasionally illuminate his face. And it gives you this somewhat uneasy feeling to see his expression, this kind of scared look almost beneath this strong sense of duty and also this overwhelming 
paranoia that he seems to be kind of transmitting. You reach the point where you've decided to pull off to the highway and take a, a detour for the last 45 minutes of the drive. And the scenery once again changes as you separate from all these other cars and you begin to drive through an area that's mostly just backwoods and back roads. And it's somewhat more eerie. You feel this sense of isolation as the two of you are driving at this much slower rate. And you have to pay attention a little bit more to which turns to take. And uh, it's starting to become this very different experience. Shackleton is leaning in with like one arm on the passenger seat, one arm kind of resting on the driver's seat and just leaning into the middle, very actively participating in the navigation of this drive. Here we go. Let's turn over here. And occasionally he'll say, all right, now cut the headlights here. And he's, he's taking all these uh, very serious precautions. Mick will definitely follow them, sometimes with a raised eyebrow, especially if he asks her to dim the lights or turn them off completely. Maybe, maybe he's a bit overreacting, but he also seems to know more about what's going on. He was right about the car before, so better safe than sorry, and she does listen to what he has to say. The two of you drive for another 20 minutes, maybe, and your phone starts to ring again. You see that it's Frank from accounting. She picks up. Hi, Frank. Uh, kind of busy here. Look, I, I ran that alias through, the, through some of the channels. This Agent Shackleton, my sources tell me he died on a mission in 1996. Look, if there's somebody in the car with you, you need to pull over now. You need to get out of there. Yeah, something tells me that that is not how this works. Um, he died on a mission, so you said? Uh, wait, where do I have to go now? If there's somebody in the car with you, Mick, I, I, I feel like you might be in danger right now. Frank, trust me, I'm fine. And this person actually makes it more safe, I think. So far, they've helped me. I'll explain when I get back to our office. This won't translate well over phone. Just tell me, what can you tell me about this person? Well, how did they die? What was their mission? Look, Mick, I don't know. The, the file's redacted. It's all blacked out. I just have the time of death here. I don't even have his real name. Okay, uh, thanks for the information. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm uh, almost done. I'll call you when it's done. Jesus Christ, J just be careful, okay? I always am. Trust me. Everything went fine. I got here. I can get that last part done as well. And your car is kind of creeping through this somewhat residential stretch of neighborhood. And you're forced to immediately slam on the brakes as this black SUV just drives right across the street and just parks right in the middle of the road, blocking your blocking your path. Shit, they're here. Not only does she slam on the brake, she slams it in reverse. Can you give me a drive roll again? 61 out of 61 out of 50. So you slam the car into reverse and you give it too much ignition and your car just clips this parked car uh, really hard to the point where you kind of crunch up this back part of your car and you totally 
dent this car that's parked along the side of the road and you actually move it, you're going so fast. And you see a man jumps out of this SUV. It's a man wearing a black suit. He has a black hair that seems to be slicked back, although he's moving pretty quickly. So you can't really tell what's going on. It's just kind of like this blur of movement as you see this man just pop out of the driver's driver's side of this car and he just brandishes this weapon. It's like a submachine gun that he has on this uh, shoulder strap and he just pulls himself out of the car. And as you're, as you're driving in reverse, he just takes his gun out and he just, he just starts to try to open fire on the car. I'm going to give him a quick firearms roll, Uh, but he is trying to shoot this, like moving vehicle right now. So let's see what happens. And that's a huge fail. So you just you just hear like this burst of machine gun fire whiz past your car. And uh, he doesn't make any hits with the actual vehicle, but from the windows that are down, you just hear this, this rapid gunfire and just like the whizzing of bullets past the window. And you, you look and Shackleton appears to be uh, ducking in the back seat. Come on, let's get out of here. Okay, so from my perspective, is there a possibility of me driving now forward now that this SUV is driverless and hit the front? And hopefully her angle is that maybe if she hits the front of the car, the car, the the SUV, the SUV might actually turn a little bit and she can just whoosh right past it. And as the driver is now shooting at her, he cannot follow. So the road is big enough that you can definitely try to drive forward and maneuver the car around the SUV. You feel like you probably could even get the car around without actually hitting the SUV. It might not be as as quick as you'd like, but uh, you feel like there is definitely room there. The only thing is you feel like there is going to be this brief second where he might try to take fire on you guys again as you as you pass him. But you're not really sure. You're, you're confident that maybe if you just move fast enough, he's not going to really be able to, to catch you. At any rate, he would have to get in the car again and maneuver the car all the way back around to get back onto the road to pursue you. So you do feel like if you were able to at least get yourself to the point where you can make a little bit of distance between him, you have a chance to lose him. Yeah, then that is what she's going to try. She's not. She's trying to not hit the front of the car because as long as she doesn't make more dents in this car, it will probably drive better. That's the risk of hitting a car with yours is the car might break down. So she's going to try and swivel around this car. Give me one more drive roll. That's a 57 out of 50. So you pull the car forward and you try to swing it around this SUV. And you're maneuvering extremely fast at this point. Like this past 30 seconds have probably just been like to all these neighbors outside. They're probably just hearing like screeches, crashing and gunfire. So your car screeches forward and you try to swerve around the SUV and you almost manage to do it. Well, you do manage to do it, but you do uh, clip the right headlight of the SUV with like your right headlight as you kind of like try to swerve around it and you hear this crunch 
but it doesn't really break your momentum at all. And also the man fires at the car one more time and he just like puts one bullet through like one of the windows, but it doesn't, it doesn't hurt anybody and it doesn't even shatter the glass, but it still is just like alarming to just have that like bullet fly through the windshield. And you're just, you guys just kind of tense up for a second as you pedal to the floor away from the SUV and further down the street. Shit. I don't know how they found us. That's a different car from before. Is it? Oh no. It means there's at least one more car out. And she's going to look out for a place where she, maybe like there's a driveway to a certain house or something and that she can just pull into, dim the lights, duck down, and then hopefully this car will pass by without noticing that she is actually just standing there. That's, that's actually really cool. I like that. So can you give me a stealth roll? As you circle this neighborhood and you kind of just find a spot where your car can just kind of, you know, like it's a spot between two cars and you just are able to kind of like bury yourself in there. Yes, yes, I can. That's a 38 out of 30. So I barely miss. So you find a really good spot. The only thing is your car looks kind of fucked up at this point. Um, So it is sticking out like a sore thumb a little bit, but you do find a a dark area where you can just pull in and turn the lights off. You lean low in the seat and are just kind of like just waiting. And Shackleton is doing the same. He's just kind of like leaning low. And you see this panicked look in his eyes as you both just wait, unsure of what's going to happen. And you see the SUV pass and you're like not sure if it's going to notice you or not. And then it just kind of like keeps going. You're like. So after another couple minutes pass and she is sure that the SUV is not going to loop back around, she's going to take back to the road. And maybe instead of normally she would have to go right to continue her journey. She now actually circles back to by going left and then another left. Another left to just make this extra turn where if anybody is following her, they would be very confused about which direction she's taking before actually taking the route towards the the storage place again. So you do that. You loop around in in a way that you're confident is going to break anybody's trace of you. And you look at your clock and you realize it's about 1 a.m., And this whole thing is like starting to become more of a hassle than you expected at this point. But you're very close to the storage facility. It's a storage locker facility where you can like rent out a locker and many other people rent out lockers here. And then you just have like a key to your locker and you visit it whenever you want and you just pay like storage fees or whatever. So this is like a really big storage locker complex you actually can drive through uh, most parts of it. Like it's, it's too big to just access like all the lockers by foot. So like there's this big part of it where you kind of just drive down to which area of the facility your locker is held in so that you, you know, don't have to walk like a mile to your locker or whatever. And you find that it's the location of the, of the locker. You're supposed to leave this box 
is somewhat buried away in this facility. It's one in the morning. There's nobody here at all. There's still these almost streetlight style lights that light up the facility at all hours. And you can just see there's this very smooth black asphalt on the ground that's almost reflecting the the yellow light from these streetlights. And you hear the buzz of crickets, but everything else is very silent, save for the noises of your car. She is, there is always sort of a speed limit at this these kind of places. And since there's no one there, and since she is now completely paranoid of black SUVs, she is definitely breaking the speed limit, barely keeping safe with every corner that she takes. And as soon as she is close to the locker, she will almost jump out of the car, grab this box, and she's not going to run with it, but definitely taking advantage of the jogging lessons that she has been uh, following, even though she cut it for a week or so. And just hurrying her, hurrying her way over to that door. Okay, so you jump out and you see the locker and you see like this key that you have in this rusty padlock is the only thing that separates you from just sliding this door open and being, being done with this, this job. And you're just looking forward to that feeling of just being able to wipe your hands clean of this, of this whole situation. You put the key in the lock and you unlock it and the lock just kind of like falls onto the floor and you hear this heavy clud as it as it just kind of bounces away. She flinches a bit at the extremely loud noise that this lock makes, especially because everything now is so silent. She will be looking over her shoulder a lot during this half a minute it takes to get from the car to the locker, by the way. So you see Shackleton is still in the car just next to the box and he's just kind of like looking out. He's like looking over his shoulders basically to to see what's going on and to make sure that everything is quiet. Okay, so I guess we just put it inside. Yeah, that was what I was asked to do. So that's what I'm planning on doing. Why? All right. Uh, you open the the metal door for the storage locker. And it's extremely dark in there, so dark that even with the the light outside, uh, you see that it goes down deep enough to like where you can't really make out what's inside the locker. But you do see that there is this hanging light, light bulb up top with a string to activate it. At the beginning of tonight or at the in the afternoon, she would have pulled that string. She definitely would have. But with the extreme amount of paranoia she feels right now, she's just going to set the box at her feet, just barely inside the locker, and close the door as soon as possible. That is the way to end this as quickly as possible, which is exactly what she was planning to do. So you're trying to find like a good spot to set this box down, and you're just feeling this place is just really cluttered with junk. and not even wanting to look around. You're just trying to like find an open space, but you can't help but notice just this strange assortment of things in here. Why, how, like you you know that this there's is probably not an FBI locker. The things in here are just so random. You notice like a small metal saw 
you see a box of lemon heads, three Nokia cell phone batteries. You see a Ziploc bag containing a noose. You see mason jars filled with strange liquids. And you just kind of like see a spot where you can just put this box down and, and forget it. And you, you place the box on the floor and you just get out of there as soon as you can. And you shut the locker, you put the lock back on and you, you close it. And you look back into the car and Shackleton is gone. After all this time, she actually feels a little sad and a little extra lonely now that he's not in her car. It's weird how fast you can get used to these kinds of weird things. So she sighs to herself, steps in the car, decides to drive off because her plan now is to go to the nearest hotel that is on the opposite in the opposite direction that she would have to go to go home but she's not going to look for that motel over here she is going to look for that motel a little ways away so you find a hotel you're kind of like driving away for a bit and you you do get like the feeling that whatever craziness had just happened it's over like you feel this sense of calm and you feel this sense of everything being so unreal that you're not even sure any of it happened. But you look at the damage to the car and you're very aware that this did indeed happen and this might be something you have to answer for at some point. But that just seems like a small thing compared to compared to the feeling of this being done and the feeling of, of walking away with your life after a moment of not being sure. What's going on in your mind right now as you settle into a cheap motel? She, on her way here, she has been checking her rearview mirror to check whether Shackleton was on her back seat. He wasn't there, uh, not a single time. And when she feels the soft mattress under her, she grabs her phone, checks her messages. And calls up Frank one more time. Because that's what she said she would do. She didn't take a picture in the end. She totally forgot about that. But she said she would call him. And that's what she's going to do. Mostly at the moment she is looking forward to sleep. And maybe, maybe with a rested brain this whole day will start to make sense again. I totally forgot to mention you, you have the platinum card. So you can definitely stay at any type of place you choose. But you call up Frank and he seems to be really relieved to hear from you. Oh, Mick, is it done? Yes. Yes, Frank, it's done. The package has been delivered. Uh, The car is a little wrecked. It still drives. I just busted the light and there's... We'll say that the back of the car is more dent than car... But I'm safe. I'm in a hotel now. You're going to like the amount that's taken off this card for this one. It's not the most expensive one. It was the closest one. Anyway, I'm tired. Wanted to let you know that the package has been delivered. I'll be back in office on Monday, I think. (sighs) Mick, thank you. Really, thank you. I, I really appreciate you doing this, especially... 
especially not having a lot of information to go on. I really do appreciate it. You, you helped us in a way, in a way you can't even be sure of. Look, what I said before, I, I meant it. If, if you're up for it, there's more things like this, important things. It requires people in our positions to, to carry it out. And sometimes it can get weird, but if you're, if you're willing to, to do more things like this, well, we can talk. Frank, to be honest, it's what, two in the morning. My brain is not working at all today. I'm going to have some questions on Monday. Well, we can discuss this promotion or whatever it is then as well. I'll just have to think about it. Anything you propose can be any weirder than what happened to me today. But as I said before, that doesn't translate well over phone. I'll explain on Monday. Good night, Frank. So you fall asleep in this hotel pretty quickly. You find that the second your head hits the pillow, you just easily sink into this very deep sleep. And while you're asleep, you dream of Shackleton. And the way that you dream about him is it's this weird feeling. The two of you are hanging out, but you feel like you've always been friends or always been coworkers or something, but it feels very familiar. He's just there in this very nonchalant and casual way. And you just feel like he's always been there. And you wake up the next day feeling fully rested. The sun's shining through the windows of this hotel room. You see that your husband has sent you a cute text with a picture of the dog doing something funny. And you begin to, to start your drive back home, back to your regular day-to-day. We started out as a World of Darkness podcast, but we have expanded our gameplay to multiple systems. Make sure to check out our games in Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, 13th Age, and much more 